Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 93. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, is my illustrious co-host, the fantastic one, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanium. Professor. The balance of power has, has uh, definitely changed in your favor. shifted in, in the podcast universe. Ladies and gentlemen, Black Adam. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so we Excellent. got a uh, Halloween episode coming Halloween out episode. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Halloween and uh, you uh, portrayed your favorite character on the streets, mean streets, as you were uh, uh, trick-or-treating for candy and all kinds of goodies. Any superhero that came to my house got a handful of candy oh, yeah. and a full-size candy bar. Oh, yeah. The rest of the kids, the the, the other ones, the... Mario Brothers and, and yeah. the scary skeletons. They just got candy. They got plenty of candy, but the superheroes got a full giant size candy bar. Yeah, I had uh, Captain America and Spider-Man both came to my house last night, so I felt very safe. I had a Spider-Gwen come to my house, oh, which really? is unusual. Oh, that's cool. And a mom dressed up as Wanda Maxinoff. Hot mom? I don't know. It was kind of dark. <laughs> she stayed on the street, but all her kids were in Marvel costumes. Like Black Panther, Captain America, Spider-Man. That's it was the way cool. to do it, yeah, man. That's it was the cool. way to do it. All right. Well, let's jump into it this week. Uh, before we get started, we'd like to thank the listeners that bring the show to you. Those are our patrons. Patreon.com slash supertalk. We'll keep asking, and you'll keep donating. So you just donate a dollar an episode, and then you help out the show directly. So if you'd like to become a member of the patron, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Supertalk is how you become a member. All right, let's jump into the show this week, and uh, we did have a little bit of new content come out this past week. We finally got a trailer for the Where the Heck Is It? Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Finally dropped last week. Yeah, James Gunn surprised us with the uh, trailer, and it was fantastic. Uh, it didn't give a lot away. Uh, it didn't tell you much about the plot, just that uh, his crew is trying to make him feel better because they're, I guess they're still searching for Gamora, who probably isn't in this uh, at all. And um, the crew is basically just thinking how to cheer him up. And um, it... <laughs> Finally, we get Kevin Bacon in a Marvel product. I tell you, it was uh, it was hysterical. You know, they they I guess he's depressed not only because he doesn't have Gamora, but it's the holiday season back home on Earth, and they were yeah. like, "Well, maybe we can go back to Earth and and you know do Christmas for for Peter, get him a present, or get him somebody as a present." Oh my gosh! And then it looks like Drax and uh, Mantis go out hunting for Kevin Bacon and just the clips of Kevin Bacon just freaking out when he sees him oh. is just hysterical. Yeah, that's going to be uh, awesome. So this is going to be funny. Be and again, fun. this is a special presentation, so it's only going to be like an hour long or 45 minutes long or something like that. Right. Um, but it will kind of give us an insight into what the team's been up to since we last saw them in Thor Love and Thunder and then you know what might be coming with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. But this is just kind of a nice diversion, holiday diversion. And I believe it comes out right around Thanksgiving time, right? Yeah, the 25th. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, so that Friday, the 25th, right? Yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I can't so. wait. It's going to be great. Yeah, and, and it leads into Guardians 3. So James <clears> has said that this leads into Guardians <clears throat> of the Galaxy 3, which is great. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So great trailer. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, it was definitely a, a fun clip. And, I, you know, my wife is extremely excited about Guardians. It's been her favorite movie ever. And uh, when she saw it, she was like, oh, my God, I can't wait. So yeah. I, this is going to be a big hit, I'm sure, for Marvel. Um, all right, well, let's jump in the news section. We had a, b- a bunch of bombshells drop this past week. Let's jump into them. First and foremost, and congratulations are, are well overdue, James Gunn and Peter Saffron have been selected officially by Warner Brothers uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, I guess is the official company, to lead the film, television, and animation division of DC. That's awesome. Yeah, that's huge news. Um, we, we've been talking about and, uh, I guess, speculating on who will be the, the Kevin Feige, per se, of the DC universe. And they're going to call it the DC universe, and I believe they're going to call it DC Studios, uh, which is going to be great. Um James Gunn, as you know, a film director, huge, did all the Guardians movies, also did Peacemaker for DC. And the Suicide Squad. Uh, and Suicide Squad. And uh, Peter Saffron is a pretty well-known producer. Um, so he's going to be taking care of the business side of things and a lot of the decision-making. And James is going to focus on the creative end, which is what you want. It's brilliant. It, it I mean, I think absolutely it really is. Brilliant. It's number one, you don't have one person who's ultimately responsible for anything. It's it's really a tandem. One is going to keep the business in check, and the other one's going to be focusing on the creative side. I think it's a brilliant move by, by, by Warner Brothers to get these two. I think it's brilliant. I mean, the success that James Gunn has had, not only in Marvel with Guardians, but also what he's done over at DC, it was a no-brainer. He was a name that was on our list months ago when this first came up of who was going to be the Kevin yeah. Feige uh, James Gunn was somebody we talked about. We didn't think he might have all the qualifications or could run a full studio. Well, the fact of the matter is he's not going to run the full studio. He didn't have to. He's going to run the creative side. Right. He's going to hire directors. He's going to work on scripts. He's going to work on casting for for movies and, and, and TV shows. And somebody else is going to worry about the business side of things. I think it's a brilliant move. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what happens because we are big fans of James Gunn. Everything he's done has been fantastic. Yeah. If you look at the original Suicide Squad movie and then the Suicide Squad that James Gunn did, immeasurable difference between um, the quality of both of those films, the plot, the writing, the the comedy, everything else that was in it was just so much better. Um, and I can't wait to see what he's doing. And I, and I think it tells me a lot about the tone of some of the movies that will be coming out at DC. Yeah. A little bit more lighthearted. Not as dark as what the um, Zack uh, Snyder. Oh, yeah. His his whole vision was a little darker. On the dark side. Yeah, this is much going to be much more, uh, again, Guardians, Peacemaker type, you know, under undertones of comedy. And there's going to be a little bit more lighthearted nature. But they're going to be focusing on the characters, which really matters. Let me ask you this, Professor. What do you think about... James Gunn bringing back Snyder to do a film or two. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think what one of the things that Zack Snyder was saddled with was creating a long-term vision um, along with Jeff Johns for the DC universe. And I think when you 
build that vision and then you're responsible for creating the content that fits into that vision, I think you get overwhelmed at times and you you lose the short-term vision because you're always looking long-term. And I think that's what happened with Batman v Superman and what happened with Justice League is that it was like, well, what's going to happen in Justice League 3? We got to start that right now. And yeah. It's like, no, no, no. You got to make a really good movie right now. Mm. Now he earned the right to do that because Man of Steel was such a great movie. Mm-hmm. If he came back and made Man of Steel 2, I would be all over it. He did such a great job with that movie. It was awesome. And the fact they're bringing Henry Cavill back, I, I would be all for him coming back. Agree. I, I think he's a brilliant filmmaker, and I don't think you can go wrong with bringing him back for certain oh, he's, projects. He's made tremendous movies. I mean, yeah. Sin City. I mean, he's, yeah. he's been fantastic. Great filmmaker. filmmaker. And, and, you know, the Marvel... The, the Marvel cast is basically different um, directors, different right. aspects. They have an overall same vision uh, of the bigger picture, uh, which is James Gunn's job. But to bring in these really creative directors and writers. Uh, just for, make good for content. Just make good content. We'll tell you the kind of concepts you need to maintain. We'll tell you the rules. We'll tell you what you need to put in your movie and what you don't need to put in your movie. You just make a good movie. Yeah. And so James Gunn can now keep track of that and also by the way james gunn also said i'm gonna still be making stuff oh I'm yeah gonna be, i'm making peacemaker season two right. i make i'm still making stuff myself but i'm also gonna be the one who's like in charge of the creative side and again the fact he's taking over animation he can really talk about how the animated uh projects they're doing fit into the overall vision as well i think it's just a home run I yeah think me it's too great so i think it's awesome i can't congrats wait. james gunn and, yeah, and peter saffron i think it's it's I can't wait to see what comes of this. Yeah, he so. said that the first person he called was Kevin Feige. Of course. Like when he when he nailed down and he inked the deal for him to run DC, um, he called Kevin Feige and then John Cena was the second phone call. Yeah. Well, Kevin uh, Feige was the first one to congratulate him too. I mean, he went on Twitter immediately and, and yeah. said congratulations. Yeah, so, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, brilliant look, move. They've both been in this industry for a long time. They've known each other for a long time, and and it just made a lot of sense. So yeah, I, really think they, I think they I think they made a good decision. Couldn't be there. happier, and yeah. really looking forward to uh, the direction that DC is going to go. Me too. In. Me too. Um, so we got some rumors uh, coming out of Wakanda Forever. Unfortunately, this is what happens when you have a premiere that's you know two weeks prior to the launch of a movie. You know, I liked it better when the premiere was the Monday before the movie came out that week, and then there wasn't some so much of a a time period between the premiere, the Hollywood premiere, and the actual film. Titanium and I are, are kind of staying dark on yeah. a lot of the. Be careful the, though! The, Don't say anything bad about this film. No, no, no! I'm not saying anything. yeah. Uh, right, if you do, people get crushed. Oh yeah. Uh, poor kid. This Matt Ramos. Uh, he's a. He's How a would reviewer. you know? Aren't you staying dark? Yes, I am, but I mean, I read stuff, uh, non-spoiler stuff, and I see stuff on social media, and people are just, and I'm like, man, what did this guy do? And apparently, he didn't do much, but he said that some of it was a little weak. Like, he thought the first movie was way better, and he thought this was a little weak, and and that's all he said, and he got crushed. Well, let's be honest. It is a rare occurrence for a sequel to eclipse the first movie Agreed. in a lot of ways. Agreed. It's rarely happened in the history of film. Agree. The only thing I can really even think of is Godfather 2 was way better than Godfather 1. Uh-huh. It was all, I mean that's the one sequel that everybody says was better. Empire Strikes Back 
was way better than the original Star Wars. Those right? are the two that are top of mind for me. Right, but it's rare that a sequel is ever going to be as good as the first one for lots of different sure. reasons. That being said, um, we did get some... There is some stuff that's come out. Again, there were some rumors that we might see Doctor Doom in the movie or you know, maybe in an end credit scene, and now there's speculation out there that he not only will not be in this movie... But he's likely not going to be in the Fantastic Four movie he, either. It's come out, he is not going to be the big bad in the Fantastic Four movie. He's not going to be the main protagonist in that movie, which I, which I agree with. Great. They've I think it's it perfect. Twice. They've done it twice already. Let's, let's, get, let's not bring him in as the big... He's so much bigger... Right. Than just a one movie protagonist. Right. He is so much bigger than than just a, a one off villain like a Gore the God Butcher. No, sir. No. Do not treat him like Gore the God Butcher. Right. But they've already done it. You know, in the first Fox Fantastic Four franchise, he was the main villain. Yeah. In the second reboot, which was horrible, he was the main villain. Yeah. We have already done it. We don't mm. need to do it again. There are so many villains they could pick from for the Fantastic Four to fight in their first MCU movie. Yeah. Let Doctor Doom be a bigger bad. Like, yeah. To your point, let, let's introduce him elsewhere. Right. Let's bring him in as a threat that everybody needs to be concerned about. Now, could they fight him in the future? Or is it going to be somebody that's going to always be a thorn in their side, just like Loki's always a thorn in people's side? Of course he can. Yes. Just do it later. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know wrote down a few. I mean, they could do the Super Scroll. I mean, talk about a follow-up. Yeah. From the Secret Invasion storyline, right. right? You've got a Secret Invasion storyline where there's something going on with the Skrulls. We know that because the, the series is coming out on Disney+. Plus. Well, a year later, Fantastic Four comes out, and what do we do? We find out that the Skrulls have genetically engineered a Super Skrull yeah. who just happens to have the powers of each of the Fantastic Four. He's one of the biggest villains the Fantastic Four have ever fought against. Yeah, right? that'd be that, great. That would be fantastic. Molecule Man, you could bring Molecule Man. You could bring Mole Man in. You could, there's a million. Yeah, there's a word about Mole Man. I think a lot of people want Mole Man yeah. uh, to be the main protagonist in that. Yeah, and I, mean, I think that's great. I, I absolutely agree. I think it's a good move. I think too many people thought that Doctor Doom should be in that movie as the big bad. Been there, done that, and it should be much bigger. Put Mole Man in the movie, and at the end of the movie, have Doctor Doom come out and say, well... I thought I had him set up for success, and he failed me. Yeah, right. Right. You know, he was the one pulling the strings. He's in the, the one pulling the strings. Right? That's, yeah. Do that. Do something like that. Yeah, now, I like it. What I'll say is the fact that the movie was screened to um, a limited audience and limited individuals. There is still a chance, and from what I've seen, there's one post credit scene in in at the premiere. There was only one. Yes, post-credit I've heard scene. that too. Only one post credit. Now scene. there is speculation that they could add another. Simply because the premiere was coming out so early, they were worried about spoiling something so that they were saying maybe there's a second post credit scene because they didn't want to put it in the premiere because it would have you know blown up the internet or people would have been going yeah. crazy. And so there is a chance a second post credit scene might be coming to the theater. We'll have to wait and see. You know, I, I, I would love for that theory to be true. I just, I don't feel it. I, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I really don't. I, 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 hope, I hope they do. But I heard there's very there's no cameos in the movie, and I heard there's one post credit scene, and I think this whole movie is as we feared. I'm not looking, 
I'm I'm very skeptical of this movie now because I, I think this whole movie, and this is just my feeling. I don't know anything. I haven't read anything. I haven't heard anything. But I think this whole movie um, is going to be about Chadwick Boseman. It's going to be an homage to him. It's going to be a nod and a a a love song to him and respects to him and. and and the story is going to be secondary. And I had that feeling. And I wish it wasn't. I, nothing against him. A brilliant actor. Huge loss for the industry. But it's not. I don't think we're going to get a real superhero movie. I hope I'm wrong. But I have a feeling majority of this movie is going to be paying respects to him. I think that the movie's doing three things. Paying homage to Chadwick Boseman and his passing. Introducing us to Namor. And oh, Telecon and all the things that are happening, you know, introducing this new society, this underwater society that they're going to do that. And then they're going to set us up for the future of Wakanda because we know they have bigger plans for Wakanda. Wakanda. They're, yeah. they're talking about doing an Okoye series and they're talking about doing some other series. And we're also getting introduced to Ryu Williams as Ironheart. So there's a few things that are happening in this movie. But I think we, as fans, have these grand hopes of it being bigger than that and fitting into a larger you know, situation in Marvel, and it probably doesn't. Yeah. So I, You're absolutely correct. Right. It's the end of Phase 4. I don't think it has anything to do with Phase 5 moving forward. I think it's a standalone... Um, I'm still looking forward to it. I, I really hope. Um, it'll, be, it'll, do, it'll be good. It'll yeah. do well. Yeah. Oh, it'll definitely do well. Yeah. I told you, this movie's going to make, you know, $800 million for sure. Uh, it'll it'll do very well. But um, interesting, yeah. I don't want to say anything bad about it because I don't want to get crucified on social media. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens. I, I, again, we'll, I'm sure it'll be entertaining, yeah. if nothing else. Um, all right, we've got some reports. Uh, Variety came out and reported. And, and again, when, when we hear things from Variety or The Hollywood Reporter, I mean, these are legitimate sources so that this is not like you know rumor deadline yeah, yeah yeah this is variety and variety reports on castings and and you know hires of directors and actors and all, all kinds of other things so variety reported that william jackson harper uh he, you might remember him from there's a show called the good place he was in that he was in the movie midsummer uh with our uh friend, florence Pugh. florence pew yeah. um he was he's been cast in ant-man and the wasp quantumania in an undisclosed secret role. Yeah. So they are not saying who he is or what role he's playing, but they know that he's been cast. Now, if, if young African American gentleman, if you look at him, it's pretty. Uh, my thought is that he's playing a young Kang. version of Kang. I think so. I think too. he's playing like Nathaniel Richards, like the I original think, version. Yeah, of Kang. people are saying it's Reed Richards. He's playing Reed Richards, but I don't think so. I think he's playing a younger version. I think he plays of Kang. Nathaniel Richards, yeah, I who believe. originally discovers how to, you know, go through time. Yeah, and then we kind of get like the backstory of how he became Kang, and all right. I think that's who he's playing. I, I would. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. I think they have. I think we are going to get a little bit of Kang's backstory in Ant Man and the Three Quantumania, simply because we know there's so much more coming with him. I yeah. Mean, you know, so they're going to have to use that movie to kind of build. They him have up an Avengers him. movie named Kang Dynasty. Right. And so, and we know that Loki season two is likely going to be spending a lot of time on that character as well. No question. So, uh, yeah, yeah there, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Have you seen the pictures of him uh, in Creed? Two? Oh my God. He oh, got oh, ripped. He got 
shredded. Yeah. He got shredded. Him and Michael B. Jordan are just ripped. I can only, I, I can't even, I don't So get, we're talking I, about Jonathan Majors. So Jonathan, Jonathan Majors, Majors yeah. was, uh, he's, going to be in the next um creed movie creed 2 and um he is uh, I, I think playing the the antagonist in the movie uh that creed has to fight against but he they were showing behind the scenes filming of him you know working out in the gym and he just got completely swole yeah some of the you know, some of the memes are like ant-man's fucked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ant-man is fucked yeah he looks brutal. I mean, yeah. he, has, he looks amazing. I can't wait to see him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, again, we'll kind of see what goes on with that movie. And again, that's right around the corner. That's in February. So that'll be fantastic. Yeah. Um, we got a new Disney Plus show announcement. Uh, is this official or is this rumored now? I, I, was, I think a lot of this stuff is rumored. But what what is this? Uh, this is Vision is going to get his own Disney Plus show called oh, Vision that, Quest. That's been reported by many sources. So. Yeah. Uh, I say that is a highly likely yeah. occurrence. So we know uh, at the end of WandaVision, White Vision, uh, his kind of mind was opened up by, by you know, the Hex Vision or the vision that Wanda created. Uh, the crystal in his head kind of unlocked his memories and then he just flew off. And we're like, where the heck did he go? Right. Well, I think we're going to get that answer here in this Disney Plus series called Vision Quest. Uh, rumors are that Wanda Maximoff comes back for this. How wow. or what, you know, in what capacity, we don't okay. know, but we believe that she might be coming back. Um, but yeah, this is great. I mean, love to see what's going on with Vision, with White Vision and, and where he went and what's happening. Oh, big questions. I mean, they, they need to answer some of these questions. They can't just leave people hanging. Right. You don't introduce a character like that, have him fly off and be like, see you later. That's the end of him. No, this, I, I think they'll answer a lot of questions and I'm looking forward to this. No, oh, that'll be great. I mean, didn't he start the West Coast Avengers? He was in the he, West Coast Avengers? Uh, he was a member of the West Coast Avengers. Could yeah, start I mean, he didn't that. start it. But yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, with Wonder Man around the corner, um, you, you know, those are the things that, that could happen. Yeah, so that was another official announcement about Wonder Man, right? We, Boo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not happy about this. And people, it has nothing to do with the race swapping. I get that. I mean, he's a C-level character, to be honest with you. So whoever, whatever. I'm just upset because Black Manta is one of my favorite villains. Well, let's iconic. tell them what we're talking about. Okay, here. go ahead. So Yaha Abdul-Mateen yep. uh, is, is an individual actor who plays Black Manta in the Aquaman movie. Yeah. He's going to be in the uh, second Aquaman movie. We've seen scenes of him, him filming scenes for that movie. Uh, he has been officially cast in the role of Wonder Man uh, for a special presentation that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. <sighs> I don't like this. Great actor. Nothing against him. Phenomenal actor. But I don't like this casting at all. It's not true to the comics. Uh, and I, we just lose one of the greatest villains. He's such a great actor. So I thought I think he you, nailed you, that. You, you admit it. You're mostly upset about this for what it means for the Black Manta character in the DC Universe. Correct. Absolutely. That's why you're upset. Yes. Not because and, this particular actor was cast in the role. Not necessarily because they... To, chose to race swap the role from a you know white man to a black man. You're more no. concerned about what this means for Black Manta. Yeah, going I, I don't much care about that. Look what they did to Namor. I mean, right. they completely changed his origins. I'm not that concerned about that. I do like to keep things comic book accurate though, because you have you have a a a system and you have these rich stories that were successful. Why reinvent the wheel when you know that wheel rolls? 
All these characters for years and years and years have had this rich history of storytelling and, and these followings. And then all of a sudden you bring them into modern day and you completely change them. I think you're going to lose people on that. I think it's a bad idea. But this character is a C-level character. Not a big deal. Now granted, this guy did say that these superhero movies are clown work. That's what he quote unquote, he called it clown work. And now he's accepting this limited series uh, uh, of another superhero. Well, and, and again, they obviously have plans for the Wonder Man character. And again, the Wonder Man uh, character named Simon Williams, he's a Hollywood actor. Um, and he ends up being experimented on by, by Zemo. Baron Zemo. Yeah. He's you know given this ionic power and then he becomes, uh, he, well, Zemo tries to send him into the, infiltrate the Avengers and then he ends up falling in love with Wanda and then he becomes an Avenger and he was one of the original members of the West Coast Avengers and so lots of history there uh you know we'll see what they do with it I mean again I I I don't mind who they cast in these roles just make good product you know I again this doesn't bode well for the future of Black Manta after the next Aquaman well here's my question professor you know there were reshoots to uh uh Aquaman did they cut him out of that movie completely well I I I don't think they they cut cut him out I don't think they cut him out completely I think he dies I think that that's what it means. Uh, I think he gets killed off in that movie. That's dreadful. So I mean, he's, to your point, he's, he's, he's one of Aquaman's nemesis. He, you know? Nemesis. Ongoing, biggest villain there is. And they're going to kill him off? I mean, and he's a great actor. I thought he did a phenomenal job as Black Manta. One of my, I, it's an iconic villain for, for DC as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, very tough. That was the tough pill to swallow for me. But yeah. whatever. Uh, we Enjoy also, your clown work. Yeah. <laughs> we also heard that Disney Plus is likely developing a Mephisto special presentation to potentially front the Ironheart series where we know or there's been rumors that Mephisto with Sasha Baron Cohen has been uh, cast as Mephisto in the MCU. Uh, we've heard that the first appearance might be in the Ironheart series, which seems a little strange. But from what we understand, the plot of that series may be uh, the kind of. The Red Hood is in that, and he's very magical in the dark arts. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a kind of an intersection between mi- the mystical and technology, the technical, yeah. right? So technology and, and, and mystical kind of combining, and we'll kind of see where they're going with this. But uh, they may be doing a special presentation to introduce us to the Mephisto character. Which, For Halloween next year, yeah. and then after that, the the winter will um, be Ironheart, Ironheart yeah. yeah. So for Halloween, they'll do so very a similar to what they did with Werewolf by Night this yeah. year. They'll do a Mephisto series, kind of yeah. a, a spooky series next year, uh, f- focusing on Mephisto. That'd be great. That's the rumor. I hope it's true. Yeah. I, I for some reason that's intriguing. Even the casting, Sasha Baron Cohen, very intriguing. Like, how is he going to portray Mephisto? I mean, I oh, I'm looking forward to that. I am too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, he's a nutbag. Yeah. You know, he's his, out of his ass. But he is also, and he gets into his characters. No question. Yeah, I mean, he lives the characters he's yeah, in, right? No question. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very, he's a, you know, I, a method I actor. Somewhat of a method actor, but, you know, he immerses himself into that character. Yeah. Very similar to what Jared Leto would do with, like, when he was playing the Joker. He would walk around set, you know, as the Joker all the time, and people were like, this guy's nuts, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, so we found out now who Amelia Clark is playing in the Secret Invasion series, there was uh-huh. all these speculation around. Well, who, who what character is she playing? Is she playing the, the scroll queen, the scroll queen, all, queen all yeah. and we found out she is playing Abigail Brand in the Secret Invasion series. And I'm like, that's awesome! 
That is so awesome in so many ways. Yeah. Abigail Brand is a character from the Marvel comics. She was originally uh, had worked for shield, but then ultimately ended up running sword, which we saw in the WandaVision series, which is the sentient world observation and response division sword. So wow. uh, that's uh, somehow remember that, but yeah, that's a uh, sword is, is she ran that. So she was She's like half human, half alien. Well, she's got a very similar backstory to like Peter Quill. Uh-huh. Right, her mother is from Earth. Her father is an alien, or or vice versa, something like yeah. that. But she, the other part of it is, she's a mutant. Yeah, and she, the the reason why she's a mutant is because her mother, I believe, who who is from Earth, had the X gene, and so she had the X gene in her from her mother, and it manifested itself. She's got kind of like what they call pyrokinesis. She can make her hands. Like flaming flame up and, and she can burn things with her hands. Right. That's kind of her powers. But uh, very important character in the comics. She she ran. She was kind of the, the reason why sword was created is because when these alien threats started making themselves known, uh, shield said, well, we got to put something that's going to keep watch of Earth for these alien threats. So if, if somebody's coming here like like the scrolls, for example, are coming to invade Earth, we need to know about it first. Right. So that that's why Sword was created, and she ran that whole division. So, I you know, and Amelia Clark is a character. She as an actress, you're not just doing a one and done with her. I mean, she's probably going to be around for a while. Right? Yeah, right. right, right. So, I, I'm she's excited. The next Nick Fury, right? Well, she is. She's very much like Maria Hill in that she's right underneath Nick Fury and and has a lot of responsibility yeah. for sure. So I, I mean I can't wait to see where they're going. That's with this cool. Series. Yeah, I'm telling you that series is going like a spy thriller. That kind of whole theme for that series is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I'm look, forward to. It. I'm really looking forward to yeah. it too. That I mean, trailer this, kicked ass. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and it, it it again I love trailers that create as many questions as they answer in yeah. the trailer. And that one did. It's like, what's going on? Who's doing what? Who's Wait, real? Is Who's Rody not? Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Rody, exactly. uh, what's going on? Yeah, a lot of that. I love that. It's great. Um, and you saw a, a rumor that uh, Marvel Studios may have hired a new director for Blade, right? So, Elegance Bratton. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I mean, rumor right now. Really young, African-American. Young, African-American, hip, uh, really cool, great visionary. And I think Mahershal Ali had something to do with it. I think he handpicked this guy. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we know he had a lot to do with the dismissal of the last director, right? right? So I think it would make a lot of sense if they were like, you know, hey, Mahershal, what do you need to stay attached to this project? What do you need to move forward? And he's like, I want to pick the director. And and there's this young African-American director. He's fantastic. He's the guy we should bring in. Visionary. Possibly he's worked with him in some capacity in the past or has some intimate knowledge of the projects he's done. Hey, great. You know, like yeah. I said, just do the movie right. I don't care who does it. Just do it right. right. And I think Mar- the fact that Mahershala Ali pushed back so much on the storyline and the plot the and creative. the script and everything else, he was like, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. He he's he wants us to be successful. Agree. All right. I, I can't wait for that. All right. Well, let's jump into our topic of the week. We uh, decided to pick a little bit of a spooky topic this week. There so- we go. We're going to do a little bit of a history of the uh, the, the Midnight Suns inside of the, of the, the Marvel Comics universe. So this uh, we've alluded to this group um, as some characters have been introduced in the MCU. We're like, where do we think they may be fitting in at some point in time? And there what were, comics you got up here, Professor? Yeah, I've got a couple of the, uh, the original runs of, of the, the, the formation of this team called the Midnight Suns. I've got a, 
uh, a Ghost Rider, a Morbius, and a, a, another comic called The Night Stalkers, who we'll, we'll talk about as well. Um, they did a limited series uh, of each one of these fitting into the, the rise of the Midnight Sun, so the creation mm-hmm. of this team in, in Marvel. So Marvel had a bunch of individual characters that really focused on the supernatural and hunting and fighting, you know, werewolves and demons and the occult and all kinds of other things. And they had their own titles and they're like, what if we got them together and made them work together and team up sometimes and had to fight the same thing because it was such a big threat. Right. It was kind of a crossover event was this rise of the midnight suns. And so that's how this team was formed. And we have a feeling that some of these characters that have been introduced to us in the MC already and ones that we know are coming in the future may be fitting into something right. like a Midnight Suns for the MCU. I'm bringing in Mephisto. I mean, just that alone. Right. He could be a major threat. Right. Well, I, what, I, that's who we've been introduced to so far who might be a fit, right? We talked about Blade. We know yep. he's coming. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Werewolf by Night. Man Thing. Uh, we hope Ghost Rider comes at some point in time. We, uh, we know that... Dane Whitman, Black Black Knight might fit into this to some extent. We're not sure. But there's a lot of characters that may kind of fit into that. Hey, we got to fight the occult or this, you know, otherworldly threat that's kind of more of the, the, the supernatural. And I think they may be putting a team together that's really focusing on that. I, I really hope so. That would be very cool. Yeah. I don't see it happening in the multiverse saga, but as a phase six type of moving forward phase six phase seven that could be very cool yeah and and this team was originally introduced in the comics by marvel and again think about this, this is back in the early 90s so there was nothing about you know who owned the movie rights who owned the tv rights we're talking about the print comic book so they could do whatever they want with right. any of these characters right so you'll hear some of these characters that are owned by different studios and it really didn't matter because this is we're talking about print here um but back in 92, there was a run on uh, Ghost Rider, the comic book, where uh, Johnny Blaze was the, 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 the version of Ghost Rider at the time. But there was a, another version of Ghost Rider, Danny Ketch, who has, whose soul had been stolen. And he wanted, we were trying to find out what happened to him. We find out his soul had been captured by this demonic princess. Her name was Lilith. And she's got a you know, long history in the comics as well. Uh, but then all of these teams kind of figured out what was going on and they were like, well, we got to fight against this. And they ultimately were brought together by Dr. Strange. He's like, look, we got to work together. And they all figured out, well, Dr. Strange is the only one who can really, really can help us combat this. And we all need to work together. So the original team was formed by Dr. Strange. It included um, Johnny blaze, ghost rider, obviously Uh, Morbius, the living vampire who again, we've, we've seen in the movies already. There was a group called the Darkhold Redeemers, uh, Louise Hastings, Victoria Montesi, and Sam Buchanan. Uh, they um, were about setting right some of the things that the Darkhold, the book that we've seen yeah, that, yeah. Was in, uh, that was in that was in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Uh, they were really about trying to set rights th- things that the Darkhold did, and they it was the Darkhold was kind of being passed around in the in Marvel at the time, and they were like, we could go fix these things, or we know when it's popping up, and they they were really out to kind of fix a lot of the Darkhold issues that were out there. Um, Blade was on the team, and then the Night Stalkers. So the Night Stalkers were a group of vampire hunters. Uh, Frank Drake and Hannibal King. Hannibal King, we've seen in the movies, as a matter of fact, uh, in Blade Three with Wesley Snipes, Hannibal King was portrayed yeah. by our. Our good friend Ryan Reynolds played oh, wow. Hannibal King in that movie. So 
yeah, these are just uh, vampire hunters. And so that whole team of Midnight Suns was brought together to fight against Lilith. Uh, she had, it was, it was in Greenland and that's where the battle was. And eventually they were able to defeat her. Uh, you know, lots of different things happened. And then she was able to kind of like escape. And then she, they kind of went off and individually chased her. But the fact that the Midnight Suns were brought together was a big deal that they were like, Hey, when there's these large threats that need most of us to, to fix them, let's come together as a team. Supernatural. Right. Yeah. And then, Later editions of the team also included Wong and Mr. Knight, Elsa Bloodstone, who we saw in the last um, Werewolf by Night special. She yeah. was on the team at one point in time. Dr. Voodoo, Man-Thing, Iron Fist, all these individuals at one point in time were on the Midnight Suns team. And again, a lot of these characters that I just mentioned from the comic books, we've already seen in the MCU yeah. or we know are coming in the MCU. So bringing them together for a team base, you know, if you talk about these big Avengers movies, right? you know, hey, we're going to do these massive team-ups. Well, why not do a team-up of the Midnight Suns yeah. to fight against some big supernatural threat? And you mentioned the introduction of uh, somebody like Mephisto. Well, maybe something happens or he starts something that might need some attention of some of these people that know how to fight against the supernatural. Yeah. Very cool. It's such a unique group uh, of individuals. And you uh, you you hit it, Professor. I mean, we've already seen a lot of these characters. Right. You know, I, I'd love for them to introduce Ghost Rider into this, but, you know, get me Moon Knight again. Put Moon Knight back up on the screen. Well, you know you um, want them to bring Iron Fist back too, right? As long as it's a new actor. <laughs> as long as it's been recast. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I do think, you know, this this uh, special they did with Werewolf by Night really showed that they can focus on kind of horror elements and really bring some of those into the MCU and people will like them. I think it'd be great for them to do it in a movie and have one of these big supernatural movies. And again, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch could be a part of that or to be the star of the film. And sure. then you have these other characters. I mean, gosh, I mean, Blade in the movie and everything else. I mean, it'd be awesome. Uh, Doctor Strange 3, Midnight Suns. Oh, you heard it here first on Super Talk, <laughs> episode 93, Doctor Strange 3, The Midnight, Rise of the Midnight Suns. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. Is that I awesome? I love it. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I wonder how Clea in fits into that. Oh, we'll figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll figure that out. All right. All right. Nice job, Professor. Uh, the bell has rung. School is over. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at SuperTalkPod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. Mm-hmm.